to the book of Romans, chapter 5. I'm going to just call this message tonight, Reigning in Life. And I don't mean the precept. I'm talking about dominating, dominating in life. Don't y'all like dominating in life? Everybody has a story either of their own or somebody else were a bully in, in their past, probably at school, just uh, dominated the playground. I remember hearing stories about a girl that was in the elementary, and, and everybody, there wasn't anything for all the girls. This is what I heard. I, I, I didn't know it personally, but it was told to me that uh, uh, her name was uh, Daniels, uh, Misty Daniels or something. But anyway... Nobody could do anything on the playground. Nobody could jump rope or play tag or anything until they asked this girl. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about uh, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, you know, and that kind of thing. So that's what the devil's been doing to us or it has done in the world is just tell us what we can do and when we can do it. Puts up a roadblock and says, uh, this, is, uh, this is not terminal, but there's a life expectancy of this or put something in it and said, well, we, we could do surgery, but it'll hurt like old Billy for, you know, all sorts of things where he tells us financially and otherwise what we can do. And we're called to dominate, to reign in life. You go, well, where'd you get that? Are you some sort of encourager or motivational speaker? Oh, I got it out of the B-I-B-L-E, hallelujah. So we're going to read some of that stuff in verse 15 of chapter 5 in Romans. Let's, let's just get ourselves encouraged tonight. Do you know that so many people have a sense of receiving the word? Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not talking to y'all, but I'm talking about how blessed we are. That literally, that by the time they go from Sunday to the next Sunday, because they have such a low capture rate when they're there, they're either, you know, tired or distracted or thinking about something that's got to happen that evening or the next day or that week. Or just sleepy, just like didn't get a good night. And so very little absorption of what's going on. They're, they're there, they hear the words, kind of like I hear the train that's outside our house. I, sometimes I can count it 12 times or whatever during the night. But you don't really hear it, but you hear it. Then by the time they come to next Sunday, they have lost everything they gained. Well, they say, and I don't know if it's true, I certainly don't know. They say that uh, school children... That when they get through with summer, at least when it was three months summer vacation, y'all remember that? That was what you call, we call back in West Texas, we call that way back. <laughs> and uh, that they, it took a third of, of their, what they had gotten in the spring, it took a, a, a big chunk of what they learned. They had to completely review because they didn't remember any of it. So it's not enough to just be in church, is it? It's not enough to even have someone that's a fireball and a windmill and just carrying on up here and, and just uh, got all sorts of stuff. It's up to us to rightly discern the word of God and to receive it. So as it says in verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Hath abounded unto many. The grace of God hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Here we are, verse 17. 
For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Now, we're talking about Adam here, aren't we? For if by one man, Adam's offense, his sin, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life, in life. Not a little battle here, not a little uh, 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 sputter over there, but shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I looked up that word reigning in life, what that means. It means just what you think. It means the, uh, a ruler, a king, a prince, an administrator, a minister. Well, all of those put you in control. Shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So that is what Paul said to the Romans. He said, be sure you don't pay any attention to what it looks like, what it feels like, what they've said about you. Be sure you only know what the Lord Jesus has done for you and you get it to working in your life. You should reign in life. So if we're not reigning in life, listen, if we're not reigning in life, then we're not receiving something. Did y'all get that? We're not receiving something that tells us you're reigning because it doesn't look like reigning out there. Natural life, day-to-day life, never tells you you are the winner, you got the stuff, you're on top, never going to be a poor day, you got this lick. Life never tells you that. You might have a couple of close friends that might try to encourage you, but it always wanes and goes away. Uh, You're not reigning. If you're not reigning, then you didn't hear. You're not listening. Something's not happening. And I was in a church for many, many years, y'all, and maybe you were too, where there wasn't anything being said to listen to. It was, uh, it was, it was being, you were whooped and the devil was after you and, and life was just hard. That's what I heard mostly, life is hard. And I never heard that Jesus was greater than life. I just heard that life was hard. And that was the experiences. Then, you know, then we went to an, uh, a little Pentecostal church, an assembly, and they sang a whole lot about the little cabin over the hill someday that we were going to get in. The little ca- It wasn't the mansion. You know, it doesn't say cabin in the Bible. It says mansion, but they always had the little cabin over the hill that someday our, our toil and suffering will be over and we'll be content just to be in the little cabin. Well, that's just not scriptural, is it? That's just not what the Bible says. That's just what people wish for. But he says, I'm going to give you exceeding abundantly above what you wish for. And, and so they weren't, those people just weren't. The word there, uh, abundance of grace. I looked it up, and, and in Acts 4.3, it says, great grace, great grace was upon them all. So if you're like me, you've underlined that abundance of grace. Receive much more they which receive abundance of grace. So, of course, grace is on our life because we're born again. But abundance of grace, or like it says in Acts 4.3, great grace comes on you. So you can have, you can go through McDonald's and get the ice cream and you can get the medium or you can get the large. Or no, that's uh, Dairy Queen. They just got one size of McDonald's. I, that's what I've heard. Now, I, I, there was no way I'd know that, but I heard that. But you can get the Mongo Bongo at uh, Dairy Queen, and it'll tip over before you get it inside the, the car. 
you got to be a fast licker in the summertime <laughs> to handle that thing. Let me tell you, you got to have all hands on deck. And if you got a mustache, you just, you know, you look like Frosty or something. Hallelujah. So abundance of grace is great grace. I want that. And if he was saying, you know, I'll make you a deal. Get born again and I'll give you abundance of grace. Well, if he just said grace, if he just said, I'll just even the field, it'd be great. But he says, I'm going to give you abundance of grace. And then there's a word and right there after grace. And it says of the gift of righteousness. So it seems like we need both of those things to reign in life. If you don't tap into the grace, then you're going to have some authority. You're going to have some success. You'll have some fruitfulness. But if you're going to reign in life, to win in life, to dominate in life, to subjugate the problems, to stand over your troubles, then you're going to have to tap in. We're going to have to tap in. We're going to have to initiate a tapping in to abundance of grace. We're going to have to pay attention. We're going to have to step back and say, okay, this isn't me. This is the Lord in me going after this and standing against this. It's not done much. People just, the trouble hits, and as soon as the trouble comes, the difficulty, they wilt, and then they start gathering up a survival or a de defense mode that says, how can we get through this? Well, get through this is not under the list of the words that describe rain or reigning or dominating. Get through this is not one of those definitions. Uh, no. Rain in life means you step back and you gather yourself in him. Uh, he who, uh, what does it say? Let me get it. I, I can quote it. I don't know why I can't quote it tonight. He that dwelleth, that's it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. When trouble comes, you got to step back and get into the secret place. You got to step because we're not always in the secret place. I mean, we are in a sense, but there's a lot of life that's going on at us. We got to step back. There's time to step back. The devil comes, the world comes, people come. It's all about the same. And they say, make a decision, react to this now, jump, right. do something because we're here, we're on this, we're going to take you out. And we panic thinking that we have to attend to it with our resources. That never works good for me. I am, uh, I'm not a good debater because uh, you have to be quick to be a debater. Now, if you'll give me a few minutes, I can, I can whoop just about anybody. But I have to gather myself. Well, we don't have to come out swinging as soon as the trouble comes. We can gather ourselves Go into the secret place of the Most High and abide for a little bit uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. The, the word says in Isaiah, uh, we will uh, run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. And we will rise up with wings as eagles. Who is that? They that wait upon the Lord. And the word really means praise that we, we become uh, into that place to adore him. So, yay. We can, we can step back and receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness in order to come out with a plan, to come out with a strategy, to come out with a, a confidence 
that intimidates the devil. I, I heard the other day that uh, George Patton was made famous because of his war, his uh, uh, battle skills. And they said it wasn't too hard to figure out how Patton said to do it. He said, put everybody out there all at once and overwhelm them. And then you've won. Instead of, well, we're going to send someone around the flank. We're going to come in here later and we're going to paratroop in here. He said, nah, put everybody out there and just overrun them. Wow. Now, that, he's a carnal man. He's a natural man. And I'm not saying anything about it. But there is something about if you step back, you can marshal all of your resources. You can gather yourself. You can, you can let faith rise up in you. The word says faith arises by hearing. So you can speak to yourself in hymns and songs and spiritual hymns and psalms and spiritual songs and let faith arise up inside of you and then come out. We react too fast, y'all. We lose it. We go, the panic takes over the head and then we're not able to marshal our forces. Um, there's a lot of damaged people out there. I believe that there's more people that are condemned and guilty and ashamed in Tuscaloosa than there are sinners that have never received Jesus. I believe the vast majority of people have heard the gospel and made some sort of play or at least want to, but many are just emasculated. They're just uh, disemboweled, so to speak, of all power because they've been put under by condemnation or guilt. Condemnation is a major, major weapon of the devil because he's got that voice to, to, to speak at you when he knows that you're most vulnerable. Uh, verse 15, let's see what it says. Uh, verse 15, but not as the offense, but also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace. So the gift of grace far exceeds everything that you could face. You go, well, I've, I've really faced some stuff, or I have a brother-in-law that really went through the, through the mill. It doesn't matter. There was grace. His grace is sufficient for us. Isn't that what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 12, I believe, 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul said, I sought the Lord, Lord three times to take this thorn in the flesh from me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And what that says is, is it's sufficient for us, all of us. Don't take nothing off of the devil. Now, Mark Brzee always says, if, and I've told you all, when, when you're facing something that you can't get through, seems impossible, step back and look and see where the Lord's already knocked a hole through it. Now, I've never told it, but that's always predicated on stepping back and seeing where your prayers have gone ahead. And he talks extensively about quit praying on the defense and start praying out ahead. Instead of after trouble comes, start mounting up a, a counterattack. Just stay out there like George Patton and just overwhelm it everywhere you go. Just a mob that goes out there and get our faith out there that says, I'm reigning in life. This is my place. This is my spot. This is my life. And I'm not taking anything off of anybody ever. It may be that I'm the only one in this family, this block, this church, this area, but I am the one that will take authority and dominate the devil, the situation, and be a demonstration. I think that's what Pastor Avery did when he said, I've been 41 years without sickness. There's a lot of dominating. There's a lot of reigning going on in that. It wasn't like he just decided. 
He had to put down every rebellion and every uprising, and uh, it's commendable because every time we've been sick, every time we've all been sick, we just didn't believe. We just didn't believe because there's a press. There's a press that we can always get the answer, but we got to press. You know, and I'm not condemning because I've, I've been as far out of there as anybody, but I'm telling you, it's really not like, well, the Lord didn't or the devil really did or whatever. It's all us. It's all us. We, we know what to do. Even if we know to say, I don't know what to do, Lord showed me what to do. We all, we all have an answer for sickness or for finances or for relationships. And they are challenging because we get, we get uh, uh, dogpiled, as it were, where everything's jumping on us at once and it's hard to attend to it. But like Mark Brzee said, if we pray out ahead, then we clear a lot of that stuff that never gets a, an advantage, never gets a way to wedge itself against us. We keep it off balance by always pressing and always praying out ahead. That's why I like praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, yay. We got to pray in the Holy Ghost for this election, don't we? Because yes. we are, we're taking nothing for granted. The devil's got everything in the whole planet is riding on this next election in this November. You, you may think I'm exaggerating, but there's a lot at stake there. And we, we don't have to get wild-eyed and frothy. We just pray the plan out and give God an avenue to walk through the middle of it and take care of it like he said he would. Amen. So... Uh, we reign in life beginning at the new birth, and then we grow up in that as we get our word, get the word inside of us. Uh, but no doubt we've seen people dominated by life. Don't, don't y'all have a heart for people that's dominated by life? That's just, they've been rejected, they've been, uh, uh, they're sick, or they're, they don't have money. Uh, get around people that just, they're just there, and they have nothing no money, no resources, no vehicle, no job, no nothing. Don't have a, a head of a, uh, a roof over their head, and you just you just want to help them, but you just know their needs are just so great you don't even know where to start. Because as soon as you help them with a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or five, you just have the impression that it just it just fell into a deep deep pit, and all you did was keep them alive to suffer another day. And uh, it's, it's hard on all of us, I know. Um, but there's people that are so overwhelmed. They're so broken. They're so, uh, their family or something, just situations everywhere. And, and a lot of us have been through those very things in our past. And we could testify in, a, in a, an abusive re relationship or a financial thing that had no bottom, it seemed like, or symptoms that they just were perplexed about and said, you know, we don't know what we're going to do about that. Or maybe there is something that we can do. It's nothing. And you just got to go home. Um, that's when we have to, in advance, have the abundance of grace. Yea, Lord, abundance of grace to take care of it, to walk it out. Hallelujah. It's more than you need. It's more than you have to have. Reigning in life. You remember the story about Esther, where the word says that she said she would go in and see the king. Actually, her husband, but it didn't work that way necessarily back then. And if he didn't see her in time and, uh, and lower his scepter or whatever he had there, then the guards just took her out and she was never seen again and the king didn't, that was the rule. And so she said, but I got to go in there. 
I, I got to take a chance and uh, uh, see if I can get grace from the king. Well, that's the way we are. We just got to take a chance. We just got to go in there and ask God to do it. I'm telling you, God wants to do a lot of things that we don't give him place to do, don't, doesn't he? Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, we'll end with that. You're right there, just slip east 2 Corinthians 5. You know this verse. Praise God. There's always a way to win. Let's read verse 21 together. Let's read it to ourselves. Ready, read. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's read it again. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, let's go to first person. Instead of we, it would be I. For he hath made him to be sin for me, who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow. Righteousness that doesn't require performance. Righteousness that's not based on what you do, but on who you are. Based on who you know that you are. We're all the righteousness of God. Every Christian is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there's just very few that know that. And when you don't know it, even though you are, you can't reign in life. The devil takes that ignorance and just runs wild with it. So, yay. I'm glad to have the abundance of grace in my life. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands before him this evening. Thank you, Lord. We ask you for that abundance of grace. We ask you to quicken us and make us ask for it and rely on it, depend on it, to step back from crisis, step back from something that's suddenly, and, and, uh, and gather ourselves in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, remind us. I, we don't have to answer at this moment. We don't have to bring our best shot right now. We can draw back, wait on the Lord, and then step up and reign in life. I thank you for that good news. We'll preach it till you come and be happy about living in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.